Well, good morning. Man, it's good to see all of you with us here this morning at Fusion City Church. If uh, I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, and I'm really, really excited uh, about today. I've got someone really special and awesome to introduce to you. I know that you're going to love him. Uh, the, the gentleman with me on stage this morning is Michael Woods. You might have seen him hanging out with us uh, over the last six weeks and helping out with some stuff. Uh, Michael has plans to, to plant a church um, and so we brought him in to Fusion City. He's been hanging out with us. He and his wife, Nicole, she's here with us as well. Everybody say, hey, Nicole. She's waving. Um, we're so excited to have them with us. We, we believe that we, we want to we help anybody and be part of helping anybody that wants to be the kingdom, right? We talk about that all the time. We love hanging out with people who are about advancing the kingdom, and that is exactly what Michael and Nicole want to do. And so, they're, like I said, they're going to be hanging out with us some. Uh, you're going to be hearing from him somewhat regularly uh, from this stage. Um, as he learns and prepares what it's like to, to do church, um, maybe even in a portable setting like we do it here. So he's learning all the stuff that we do right and all the stuff that we do wrong so he doesn't do the same wrong stuff when he gets ready to plant a church. We're just really excited to have him with us here today. Um, and he's going to deliver our message today for week two in our series called Ghost Stories. So I'm going to get out of the way, let him have the floor. Before I do, you guys show some love and make some noise for my friend Michael Woods. Good morning, Fusion City. Uh, it is a privilege to have the opportunity to stand here before you. Uh, as Pastor Brian said, today I'm going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And let's review quickly from last week. Uh, Pastor Brian told us that the Holy Spirit comforts us. He also told us that the Holy Spirit counsels us when uh, we need direction. He convicts us when we are uh, kind of heading on the wrong track, and that the Holy Spirit covers us in prayer. And today we're going to talk about the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we use the word power of the Holy Spirit, there's a word in the Greek that is called dunamis. Okay? Dunamis is a force. It's a miraculous power, and it's the explosive power of God. And so let's read quickly Acts chapter 1. Verses 4 through 5, and also verse number 8. It says, On one occasion while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them the command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this passage of Scripture leads into our first point and to the first way that the Holy Spirit gives us power. And point number one, he does that to share Christ boldly, to share Christ without intimidation or fear. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. The Apostle Paul is speaking here to the Corinthian church. And he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Now, I think that's important for us to note because the Apostle Paul was a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen. And so, 
being a Jew, he would have learned about the Old Testament, the laws, the Pentateuch, the Torah. He would have learned about all that uh, starting around age five, but he would have also grown up and he would have been exposed to Greek philosophy. He studied under a man by the name of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was one of the greatest philosophers during that time. And so when the Apostle Paul says that my preaching was not with wise and persuasive words, it was not because he didn't have the ability to do it. No, he studied under some of the greatest philosophers. So he says, you know, if I wanted to, I could come to you and I could use my persuasive words. I could use my philosophy. But here's the thing. If I come to you and I use my persuasive words or I use my philosophy, you might disregard it as just another philosophy to put on your shelf. Because during this time, this is what the people of Corinth did. They were heavily involved in philosophy. And so the Apostle Paul did not want them to think that Christ was just another one of your philosophies. No, no. He said, well, because of that, I chose to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I could imagine that when the Apostle Paul talks to them about the power of the Holy Spirit, he talks to them about things like the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when they were all gathered together in one place in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came. The Bible says it came about as a rushing mighty wind and filled the house. And everybody that was there in the upper room, began to speak in a language that they had not learned. And the people who were sitting around observing them, they're saying, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? I know that young man hadn't studied this language. I know that young man hadn't studied my language. How in the world is he able to speak my language? And it was because the power of the Holy Spirit had come upon them and given them the ability to speak something they had never learned. And they said, well, how is it that these men are speaking the glorious works of God? And we know they haven't learned our language. My friends, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul said, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. No, I, I, I want you to know that Christ is not just a figment of your imagination. He's not just a good little story or fairy tale. There is power in the name of Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit comes to testify of and to glorify Jesus. If you ever want to know whether or not somebody's operating out of the power of the Holy Spirit, you should look at whether or not what they do testifies of and glorifies Jesus. Amen. And so it's important to know that Paul went from persecuting the church to being persecuted for preaching the gospel. Prior to Paul's conversion, Paul had been someone who actually had orders from the Jewish Sanhedrin court to bind and imprison anybody who called on the name of Jesus. And he had a field day with it. It was something he enjoyed doing. Until one day, he's on his way, and he thinks he's going to imprison some more Christians. And he gets a visitation from Jesus Christ. He's knocked off his donkey in Acts chapter 9, and the Lord Jesus transforms his life. And he goes from a person who persecutes the church to being a minister of the gospel. And God blessed him so greatly, he ends up writing 
over two-thirds of the New Testament. But when he started preaching the gospel, the thing to remember is he suffered great persecution. I mean, great persecution. As a matter of fact, I want to read to you a few scriptures from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to show you what he went through and how the power of the Holy Spirit helped him to endure this. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, starting at verse number 24. It says, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. My friends, I'm sure you could agree that the Apostle Paul could not have gone through all this were it not for the Holy Spirit helping him and giving him the strength and courage to endure it. And as Christians, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to share Christ boldly. We live in a world that is becoming increasingly more hostile towards the gospel. We live in a world where sometimes if you're on your job or wherever you may be, people seem not to want to hear so much about Jesus. But my friends, the power of the Holy Spirit is what gives you that energy and that strength to talk about Jesus, even if you are persecuted. The second way that the power of the Holy Spirit helps us is that it helps us when we are weak. Helps you when you are weak. Romans 8 and 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes or goes on our behalf for us with groans that words cannot express. He helps us. There are many times, I don't know about you, but I've gotten on my knees to pray. I I didn't know exactly what to pray. I I didn't know exactly how to pray or how it would come out. But it was the Holy Spirit. I know I could sense him inside of me praying on my behalf. Mike, you you don't have the words right now, but that's that's okay. I I got you. I'm, I'm covering you. I'm going to the Father on your behalf. He's helping me, helping you and I in our weaknesses. The Apostle Paul, which we just talked about briefly, uh, had a thorn, shall we say, in his flesh. Uh, It was something that he considered to hinder him from being all that he wanted to be in Christ. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that he prayed for this to be taken away. Lord, can can you take this thorn away, this thing that kind of aggravates me, this thing that keeps me from being all I want to be in you? Some think it was a physical condition, maybe blindness or some type of sickness. We don't know exactly, but we know it was something that kept him from becoming all he wanted to become in Christ. And so he's praying, Lord, take it away. I don't want it. I don't need it. 
I think I could do much better without it. Well, let's look at Christ's answer to him in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace, my favor for you is enough. For my power is made perfect in weakness. If you want to see God move in your life, if you want to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, I'd like to tell you, submit your weaknesses to him. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Your weakness. You know, to be honest, some of you may not know this about me, uh, but I'm not the most talkative person in the world. Most people have told me I'm rather quiet. Uh, And the reason I know that I was called to do this is because I'm not doing it according to my own strength or ability. If it were up to me, Lord, let, let me sit in the back somewhere. Let me watch. Let me help out in another way. But when God calls you to do something, he's going to put his spirit in you to such a degree that you can't say no. You're going to either obey or you're going to live a life of frustration. So where we are weak, that area that you feel you're insecure in, that area that you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm not the best at this, God. Why, why don't you, come on, just use somebody else. I, I don't really want to do this. But the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you to help you in your weaknesses. I'd like to share something uh, with you, something that's rather personal to me. uh, And it's something that I'm currently going through. Um, I have a 12-year-old son. Um, He lives in Raleigh, which is where I'm from, about three hours away. And uh, I haven't been allowed to see him or keep him since December of last year. And uh, it's been one of the most painful things I've had to experience. And uh, so when I think about it, I begin to pray, and I'm thinking and I'm saying, God, what I'm asking for is not something bad. I'm, I'm not asking for my name to be in lights. I'm not asking to be, you know, some grand or the richest person in the world. But I would like the opportunity to be involved in my son's life. And prior to December 2015, everything was fine. I had my weekends that I kept him. I was, uh, I had him during the summers. Uh, we did things together. I worked a camp. He went with me. And uh, things, I don't know what happened after December 2015. I don't know, but things changed. And uh, his mother said he didn't want to come anymore. And she wasn't going to make him. And so I've had to take matters into legal hands to make sure I have a right in my son's life. But I said all that to say that because of the way I love my son, because of how much time we spent together, because of how much time I've invested in him, I was really upset. I was really angry. I said to myself, God, how, how could this be? 
you're God. Why don't you stop this from happening? Why don't you come in and work a miracle? Why don't you make all of this go away? I don't want to deal with it. And while I'm praying, I could feel the power of the Holy Spirit come upon me. I said, Mike, you can handle this. I'm helping you through this. As painful as it might be, I'm helping you through it. And I suffered from deep depression. I I didn't even tell my wife everything that I was feeling. I suffered from deep depression. I'm thinking to myself, God, this preaching thing, not really sure I want to do it anymore. Because I felt like if, if, if God was really on my side, I wouldn't be going through this. I would not be experiencing this. But it's in those moments that the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There are things that we will all have to face that no matter how much you pray, you, you can't necessarily pray it away. But the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and gives you the strength to endure it. And so I'm grateful, I'm grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit because I don't know what I would have done had it not been for the Holy Spirit. You know, when I thought about the power of the Holy Spirit, I instantly had this vision of an illustration, and the illustration deals with, you know, working out or having weights. And so... No matter how strong a person looks, uh, you can, they can go to work out and they can put all the weight they want to on that weight bar and they can act like they can lift anything that you put on there. But we all have our limits. No matter how strong you think you are, we all have our limits. We're all weak in one area or another. And so I thought about the Holy Spirit as our spotter, so to speak. You go down, and you're going to lift up the weight that's on that bar, but it's too much weight for you. And so you can sit there, and you can bring the bar down, and you can keep struggling to get the weight up. Or you can call the spotter, and you can say, hey, this is too heavy for me. I can't do this in my own strength. Would you come and help me so that I can this weight up. The Holy Spirit is like your spotter. Can I tell you, you don't have to do it alone. Can I tell you, you're not alone. Even when you feel you're at your lowest, even when you feel like you can't go on another day, you are not alone, my friends. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. Amen. So submit your areas of weakness to the Holy Spirit. Another way that the power of the Holy Spirit helps us is to have hope in a hopeless world. To have hope in a hopeless world. I'm sure many of you would agree, looking at the news, looking at things that are transpiring in our country right now, you can be tempted to believe that it's hopeless. What's the use? Things don't seem like they're going to get any better. But can I tell you that as a Christian, you are never, ever hopeless. You always have hope. Let's look at Romans 15, verse number 13. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now let me show you just how powerful the Holy Spirit is. Romans chapter 8, verse number 11. I want you to really catch this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. According to what I just read, you have the same spirit that caused Christ to get up out of the grave after he'd been there for three days. And they're mocking him. I could imagine they're making fun of his disciples. Oh, you serve that old Jesus. Doesn't look like anything's happened now. Look at him on the cross. He has the crown of thorns. People are piercing him in his side. They're mocking him. Oh, you said you were the king of the Jews. If you're truly the king of the Jews, get yourself down from this cross and get me down too. Everybody's looking and it looks like everything is lost. They go to put him away in the tomb. Satan's thinking, yeah, I got him now. These Christians... They're not going to keep talking about Christ. Now he's, he's in the grave. He, he's dead. He's not coming back from this. But I think Satan made the mistake of forgetting who he was dealing with. He, he made the mistake of forgetting that he was looking at God in the flesh. He made the mistake of forgetting that he has all power. God has all power in his hand. And so after let me back up. While Jesus was here on earth walking with his disciples, he told them, he said, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll build it up again. They thought he was talking about the physical temple that had been destroyed at Jerusalem, not knowing he was talking about himself. If you destroy this temple in three days, I'll build it up again. First day goes by. I can imagine Jesus' mother weeping. The disciples, what are we going to do now? Jesus is gone. Second day goes by. They're still distraught, wondering what they'll do. But early the third day morning, when Mary, the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene are going to the sepulchre to anoint Jesus' body, with perfume and spices. They found that the door had been rolled away and Jesus is not there. And the angel is sitting on the stone. He tells them, hey, look, I know you're looking for Jesus, but he is not here. He has risen like he said he would. And he was able to be risen because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, if you've got the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, can you imagine what God wants to do in your life? Can you imagine what he can do for you, being that you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? No, 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 you're, you're not hopeless. Yeah, I, I know you think your marriage is done. I know you think that 
y'all just about to split, things won't get better. But can I tell you that the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you? That relationship with your child that's been tattered and torn, you think it's over. It's, it's, it's not over. The resurrected one lives on the inside of you. That dream that you've had that you have hung up in the closet, you said, I'm, I'm too old to do that. It's over for me. I want to encourage you this morning. It's not over for you. You have the resurrected one living on the inside of you, and there is nothing that's too hard for him. Somebody shout amen. Let's go to the last point. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, comes upon you to experience all the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 3, let's look at verses 16 through 19. Talking to the church at Ephesus, the Apostle Paul, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. As a Christian, there's so much that Christ wants to do in your life. There's so much that he wants to show you. As Christians, we should not live our lives without purpose. We should not just be floating about from day to day, just praying and hoping that good things will happen. But there's something that Christ wants to do in each of our lives. There's a fullness that he wants you to have. He wants you to be aware of everything he wants to do in your life. As you read his word, he wants to speak to you from it. As you pray, he wants to speak to you. He wants you to walk in your God-given purpose and not be distracted by anything else. My friends, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me today? Lord, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. We thank you that after he died on the cross and rose, he sent back the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit which is at work in us today. The Holy Spirit which is to lead and guide us. He is called the comforter. He is our instructor. He leads and guides us into all truth. Today, Lord, you have allowed us to see just how powerful the Holy Spirit is. You've allowed us to see what it is that he wants to do in our lives. That he's there when it feels 
hopeless. He's there when it feels like our backs are against the wall and things will not get better. Today, Lord, allow us to open up ourselves to your spirit, to be led by your spirit, to talk to your spirit. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide us in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.